When was the first time we ever met? Do you remember? I can't remember. I was thinking on the way in here, probably the first time I remember, you might be able to remember a time before, but remember the footy coaching clinic up here in Newcastle? Yeah. You come up with your dad. Remember we all used to wear the yellow shirts? Yeah, yeah. With all the kids? Yeah. Uncle Rick Griffiths, he, he ran it up here. We're at the Newcastle University. Uh. We all camped there. We all got the yellow footballs. That was the first time I met you. I'm, I knew all Jace, Munro, Wes there buddy hall and Lindsay. yeah and that was the first time i met you i think we were about 10 something like that yeah it would have been young 10 or 11 with the boys and that and then, um yeah we used to cruise around cruise around together and i think at that that coaching clinic we were cruising around i knew the boys through andrew anderson because andrew was always we grew up down there amongst all the boys there and then i just hung around all you followers more so than in newcastle followers true yeah, yeah. And he, I were good mates at school, man. Yeah, he's my, he's my cousin, you know. And then we ended up, I think it was age groups there, and we were, I was mad that, that uh, those coaching clinics. Mm. A lot of black followers went on and played NRL from that. Yeah, eight. yeah, a lot. I think Peach was there. I'm Andrew Walker. Yeah, yourself. A lot of good players that come through that camp that didn't play, but there was a lot that it was kind of like a generation that. They got the opportunity and they yeah. learned all their skills, eh? Coming from country towns and that. Everyone was there for a, a reason, an opportunity, you know what I mean? Yeah. your mob? Dad's, he's up in um, Bunjalung. He's, uh, he's from a place called Bayugal. Yeah. That's probably 45, 50 minutes from inland from Grafton. Yeah. Little Aboriginal mission there. Yugalbar. <sighs> no, that's what, that's Yugalbar. That's not far from Bayugal. Mm. Bayugal. Yugalbar's like the station. Of Baigul, pretty much. Yeah, dad's from Baigul, Banjalung country, and uh, my mum's <coughs> technically she well, she's from um, Wellington, New South Wales. Yeah. Nan was she was a McGuinness from Victoria, maybe Carraway or something. Oh yeah. Nan went out. She was in the foster homes and whatnot, but she went out to Kuta Munra, this and that. But she landed in in Wellington and Dubbo. Claiming to be Wiradjuri on mum's side, but technically she she traced her history and it turns out she was from Kempsey Way. So what's a family from up that way? Yeah, I don't know. Because I've got family links up that way too. Yeah, I don't know if it looked, uh, I'll have to go into a bit more with mum and that, but yeah, apparently Nan from, from up that way. And dad's mother. She part of the stolen generation in your Nan. Yeah, mum's mum, yeah. Dad, dad's mother, she was a bug. She was from Nana, Nana Glen. Oh, yeah. Everyone seems to be related to that bug family. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've seen some of those old dick collection photos mm. of the old black followers up around Port Macquarie. That's when then Bug or Mundine, when she married uh, Pop, she's from, from Nana Glen there, so around that region, you know, of Port Macquarie and that. Dick Collection's got a photo of heaps of photos. This old guy in the early 1900s oh. got old black followers from up there to... Like pose in traditional outfits and like with all bush tuck yeah, and everything, yeah. all different types. And it looks, oh, Jesus, deadly now. Like, True. he was an outcast because he took all those photos, that old fella. But a lot of those old fellas were bugs. Yeah, yeah. Related to that family. Must be related to them. Yeah. For sure. So tell me a little bit more about yourself, bro. Like, I was, bro, I was, I was, you know, obviously. Where'd you, you grow know, up? My mum and dad from the country. Obviously, we went back there all the, every sort of. <coughs> 
every sort of holidays we got and school holidays. Um, we went back to I went back to Wellington, went back to the Boyle a lot of the time, you know, seeing family and whatnot. But I was born and bred in Sydney, Newtown Camperdown Hospital mm. at King George. Yeah, born and raised in Sydney. I, we, we raised out. Canterbury, Canterbury, south of Canterbury, um, when, when we first started, until I was about 13, then we moved to, because Dad bought a couple of places, he had that unit there in Canterbury where we were living, but he had a place for his mother, Nan Audrey, in Elwood, just the next suburb, so we moved from the apartment to, to Elwood when Nan passed away and that, yeah. that's where I sort of grew up, but in saying that, I was always around, you know, my family and friends. Which we, you know, always sort of hung out and was around Waterloo, Waterloo, Redfern, Alexandra. Yeah. Big family, eh? Yeah. One of my aunties married your uncle. Yeah, oh, yeah. Cousins and all that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we, you got a big mob, I got a big mob. We always, we're, we're bound <laughs> we're, we're to marry your neighbour. Somewhere, so, somehow, yeah. What gave you, like, your dad? Like, obviously, your dad's been a massive person in. Not only your life, but Australian society, like as far as his sport and all that. Like I remember my dad and uncles talking about your dad, how great he was. And mm. them old blackfellas back in those days, they mm. always talk about fighting and always about... Yeah, big. fighting was real big back in the <coughs> TV ringside 70s and, 70s and early 80s were massive. Like they had free-to-air TV, like they have rugby league today, you know yeah. what I mean? And they had like fight night every week. Yeah. So it was, it was massive back in the day. Like TV ringside, I yeah, remember yeah. Dad talking about that, and and uh, a lot of deadly old black followers they used to fight on that. Yeah. And, uh, oh. Well, black followers, you can't you can't teach your talent. You know what I mean? You can't teach your talent. It's just you sort of good, good given, good gift in all sports like rugby league, AFL, boxing, whatever. You know. Yeah. So um, we're just lucky we like like the a lot of the. <coughs> African Americans, they're just gifted with that natural, with that natural, with that natural instinct, and that's the same with the with the buffaloes here. Yeah, that hand eye, eye coordination and all that. Yeah. Feet, yeah. But even your dad, can you tell us a little bit about your dad's achievements? Yeah, well, he's one of the probably pound for pound best fighters ever to come out of Australia. Before all the top middleweights in his time, and back in them day, there was only one belt holder, and that was the champion Carlos Monzon, who he, who he fought in '74 Argentina. At, at Argentina at Buenos Aires, and um, he was getting death threats and everything. Monzon was big, like like an icon of the of the country. You know, he done he done super well to get in it with him and do what he, what he did against him. But Dad was always telling me he was struggling to make weight. He was always draining himself to make weight, and I understand that now, especially late in my career. Um, that weight loss, it just sh- makes you resist. You have no resistance. Yeah. I mean, you, like, a shot that shouldn't hurt you, like, doesn't hurt you, but a shot that shouldn't bother you can can stun you, yeah. which is, you know, it ain't good, you know. He, so it wasn't, it wasn't as healthy as he should have been as far as in the fight, but... He's a comp- he beats a lot of the top 10 fighters in the world. Emil Griffith, three or four top tenors, and he beat them all. He fought a lot of time in Europe as well, in Paris. He made a big name for himself in Paris. He's a living legend. He, he was only fighter to hold the middleweight title, the light heavyweight title, and the heavyweight title. In Australia. Australia, at the same time. At the same time. 
that no, won't ever happen again. I doubt but, it. Yeah, must make you pretty proud, brother. Uh, oh have yeah, a dad like that. Yeah, but not just that. Just the, the man and the and the respect he sort of got from the people. You know what I mean? Always people sort of shaking his hand and showing that respect and love. Really, well, that's what I remember growing up. Like I want to be like that. You know, I was thinking when I was a kid. You know, yeah, want to have that uh, impact. Yeah. I remember your dad at the knockout. Yeah. And people would... Remember that knockout they had that, um, his, flame, his face on the... the on the t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that ripper in there. Yeah, yeah. but, yeah. That's crazy. I, I think mean, that was 83 or something. Yeah. And, and he was always security, eh? Yeah, yeah. And everyone knew not to mark up like your dad was there security and your yeah. uncles were security. Yeah. And it was like, I remember all them old followers. They always took about all the old Nala crew. Yeah, yeah. Dad and all that. They'd yeah. all say, oh, we got Tony there. Right. No one to mug up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, I remember my old man talking very highly about your dad and all them old followers from this way too. Yeah, no, you, 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 you earned that respect. <coughs> but, he, but he treated people like he wanted to be treated. Yeah. You know what I mean? He always had that respect for other people until they broke it. So he's a, he's a good sort of humble, loving man. He still is too. Yeah, still is. Still, still young strong, old Tanza. Yeah, I'd love to get him on here and tell him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll read his number and tell him to come up, but he'll come up, yeah? Yeah, no, that'd be good. Are you a thought leader living on the leading edge? Take the talking stick email, at living on the leading edge.com. Uh huh, uh huh, sing along now. Your career, bro. Just want to talk a little bit about that. So tell me a little bit more about your career, what you, what you actually did, because there's a lot of young fellas out there. It's a new generation now. Bro. Oh, yeah, 100%. At one stage, or not one stage, for probably 10 years, you were the biggest Australian sportsman or public figure in Australian society Yeah, for a long time, bro. And a lot of yeah. people don't realise, uh, a lot of the new generation yeah, they don't, don't know who you are and how yeah. big you actually are and how, how big you are We're in the world scene. Yeah, it's just couple of your achievements, bro. Oh, you actually did. We could talk for hours yeah, on I'll, this uh, and all the things you did. It was like, what 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 I've done in in my career is, is pretty much unprecedented, unparalleled to anything that anyone has tried to do. I don't think I get recognition and glory for my achievements. You know, I feel if I was a white fella and I did what I'd done, crossovers athlete. Being, when I left the game in rugby league, I was the best player in the world, mm. or one of the top three players in the world at the time. One of the highest paid players in the game. Mm. I was getting like 750000 in 98. Is that what you got when you went in the Broncos? St. George contract. Oh, St. George contract. Yeah, I was getting like 750000 like a season. And we're talking back in 98, 99, 2000, yeah, we're talking 98, you know what I mean? Put that in today's terms, that's 1.5 million. So I know I was the best, one of the best players. And in my juniors, I've, I was in all the junior teams, all the junior reps. You know, state teams, national teams, Australian schoolboys, Australian junior kangaroos. I was like the young gun coming up, you yeah. know what I mean? And I just wanted to, my goal, and my goal was I wanted to um, play for my, my Australia in the seniors, in the seniors. Yeah. That was my goal. You know, I hit the scene, and um, I was, you know, I, start, I started pretty much killing it straight away. I, I debuted at 18, um, and... You know, along the way, uh, I just started getting better and better. And before I knew it, in 96, um, I was 21. And not many people will remember this one, but we didn't have a very 
stacked team. You know, like, we didn't have a stacked team like Roosters. We didn't have a stacked team like the Canberra Raiders. Like, team for internationals, we're talking. We only had, like, one or two international players. Um, Mark Quinn and probably David Barnhill. And we had a team of, you know, Jimmy Nobody, sort of. But um, I rose I, I rose in that in that series, and it was like a one-man show. I, I pretty much carried the team. I, you know, obviously it's a team sport, but the way I was playing, with the confidence I was playing, I was bringing them guys with me to, to uplift them and, you know, make get them confident. And I was I was definitely I feel I was the best player that year in '96. Yeah. Went all the way to the grand final. We lost against the Eagles, Sea Eagles. But that, that was a tremendous team. They had that another team for the internationals. Mark Ridge. They had like Kofsef, Abuadi, Terry Hill. They had a gun team. You know we, we were mad on a dry track. I wish it was dry track, and uh, unfortunately that rained that week and it was muddy. So it sort of slowed me down, you know. I mean, a bit, you know. But in saying that, you know, I spoke to one of the the manly players years after, and the game plan was to shut Mundine, shut him down. If he hit him after he passes it, always block him and surround him in certain situations. So, yeah. yeah, it was crazy. You grew up like looking at your dad, idolizing your dad. How important was? upbringing and the way your dad um, sort of molded uh, you was it was it is it a is it a major thing to your uh, towards your success yeah definitely i think that major thing to the to the mindset more and more so especially my mum too mum was was she's solid she's a sort of the backbone of the family but a woman can't teach sort of a man to be a man you know what i mean and my dad sort of guided me and led me down the right path to make the right choices because life's about choices, and every choice you make is the direction you want to lead yourself to. And, and I, I know how disciplined you've been over the years and stuff, like because you've never drunk or nah. smoked, eh? Never drunk, never smoked, never took drugs. Obviously, I'm, I'm a black fella. I've been around it my whole life. You know what I mean, if there, was, if there was house parties or whatever when I was a kid, everyone be charging on. You know, when I was 14, I was in hanging around Waterloo restaurant. Went to the brother, one of the brothers' house, and all the boys were sitting around in a circle, puff puff, giving. And it come to me. I said, "Chucky, you want to go?" I said, "I sort of froze for about 10, 10 seconds, but it felt like a minute, felt like an eternity." I said, "Nah, bro, nah, bro, it's not for me. I'm on a cruise. I'll see you tomorrow." And then I went up over this hill, started breaking down hysterically, hysterically crying. It took me a minute to stop, but I, I went, when I stopped, I realized that moment. If I can. You know, saying no, I, I feel like I, I feel like a sense of empowerment to myself that I was able to say no to that peer pressure where where so many would have folded and said yes. You know, in a string. Yeah, you reckon that was the, like, that was that was the moment. That was the the that was the the moment that I knew. Obviously, I had goals and dreams as a kid for footy, and I knew I was going to make it. Yeah, like yeah, your dad with that. Um, putting those um, that mental strength in you. Well, what well. happened when I was 10, 11 maybe, yeah, my dad used to always go to, to down to King's Cross, Kaluzi Bar, King's Cross, Florida, up, up sort of down here was King's Cross Bar. It was next to, next to King's Cross, and obviously in the 80s, late 80s, that was a pretty, pretty um, mid to late 80s, that was a pretty rough place, you know. <coughs> yeah. A lot of alcoholics, a lot of prostitution, a lot of drug addicts and whatnot. 
So we sometimes used to go for a walk, go to the arcade, play with the games, and go for a walk amongst the amongst the um, amongst the neighbourhood, and um, run into like homeless people that have addictions, drug addiction or uh, alcohol addiction, and we used to talk to them and engage with them, and they used to tell us their story, how they got there, and some of them had successful life before that and they always used to say to me at the end of it you know life's about choices you make sure you write the right choice don't drink don't smoke don't you do drugs so it was really the the people that society looked down upon that um helped me you know have that built in my psychic to to make that right choice so they're the ones that you know i have to thank to really have that at my call you've been probably the biggest public figure in australian sport for over 10 years why, oh, yeah, why, easy. Why, 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 why were you, were you such an enemy of, of of a lot of people? I wasn't such an enemy. I was just I, I was a I was a threat. I was a threat for exposing the truth. I was a very militant um, activist as far as the Aboriginal plight and people and injustice that was happening with with the, with our people. And I always just always stand up to 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 racism and and bullshit. And I was confident, proud, black, and a Muslim. I had the trifecta, and that wasn't a good trifecta to have, you know. That's why they betrayed me the way they did. They they did everything they can to keep me down and try to keep me in my place. But I just I stayed real to myself, stayed true to myself, and mm. well, you know they 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 the creator sort of guide me. What you have experienced, young fellas like. I noticed like Latrell had, a, had an awesome game last night. He seems to be copping a lot of the, that sort of stuff that you you cop back in the yeah. day now. And they hate him for no reason. He's a proud black fella that stands up against the bullshit. Latrell's a bit lucky in the sense that it's, it's more fashionable these days. Mm. But a lot more people are starting to see the injustice of our people. Mm. And a lot, there's a lot more support. When I was doing it, when they were coming at me, I was, I was one out. By myself, bruh. You know what I mean? I had no support, but at least a few of the buzzers are starting to band together now. Mm. Latrell, Cody, Foxy. You know, you got, you got some backup. Mm. Where back in my days, I had no backup. If I say something that wasn't against their, their, their narrative, as far as it was wrong, as far as whether racist or whatever, they go with another brother and make him sort of talk against me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. But then I, I'd call them out. Yeah. I didn't give a shit, bro. Like, I just spoke the truth. Yeah. And, you know, some of my closest mates, like Gordy Tallis, at times he came out and said something about, uh, rebutting that what was something I said. Yeah. I said, mate, he's an Uncle Tom. If he's talking, if he's saying that, he's an Uncle Tom. That's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I had to put him in line too, but let him know, like, the truth is like a rock, you know what I mean? You throw it into a pack of dogs and the one that hits will bark the loudest. That's what Malcolm X said, you know? So I was just talking the truth. Yeah. And and they 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 scared of the truth. These days, it, it is a lot more uh, fashionable to be Aboriginal these days. A hundred percent, bruh. Like, if I look today and I think, <coughs> oh, I wish I was playing today. Free me dead. Yeah. You know what I mean, because there's a lot more people behind the sort of the injustice, make a lot more change. You know what I mean? It's easier today because of blokes like you, 
what you your, oh yeah 100 100 percent. it wouldn't have been it wouldn't be as easy if, if you didn't make that that stance 100 percent. what bro. you did like you said with pulling i was taking on <laughs> i was taking on the system the media the, the whole white sort of systematic race racist system by myself yeah you was by myself bro yeah. one out yeah how I mean yeah but they never give that that's another thing they never give me the they don't give they, they never give me the credit they never give me the credit or accolade for, for any of that shit no nah. you know what i mean i was call, i was calling like about the anthem and the flag 20 years ago yeah you know what i mean you was carrying the flag out 100 percent. i was the first one I was, I was carrying out i was wearing big hats you know when i was coming out the fight you know i've represented them to you know to to, to like dia you know what i mean Hundred percent, man. All the real black fellas are there. Yeah, well, back to with your rolling. People, with you. people, the brothers know, mate. The brothers know. The real mob know, eh, man. The real, the real, real recognised real bro. The, the brothers know who, who's who, who's who in the zoo. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, bro. I notice the same people who are um, calling you out for stuff are the same people that are calling the young fellas out now for the same stuff. Yeah, badly. Yeah, and uh, they're shameless. And they they need a focus put on them too, bro. I reckon. Yeah, hundred percent. But you 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 understand, bro. It's, it's in you know Australian psychic and this this come from the Wafala. It's embedded into their psychic. You know, you're not born racist. You know, what I mean, you're not born. There's no racism when you're born. But when as soon as you start, you're taught. Um, and and your your father teacher, or your grandfather teacher. It's systemic racism that's going back to the to the to the colonial colonial days. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it does, eh, bro? Mm. That institutionalized racism. Yeah, you think it's getting better? I wouldn't say better. And what they're doing for the people wouldn't say better. We're still they're still keeping the people oppressed, but it's getting a lot more awareness to the to the masses, and a lot more support in that sense. Mm. But as far as the, the system and what they're doing for our mob, nothing's changed, man. Mm. What do you think about the flag being flown on the Sydney Harbour Bridge? Well, it had to, man. It had to. Like, it's just a matter of time, man. You know what I mean? Like, they do certain things that are tokenistic. You know, like the, when they said, you know, Kevin, Kevin Rudd said sorry and apologised to, to, to all the First Nations people. They saw right saying one thing, but where's the action? You know, where's the action? Where's the action plan? Well, what what are you what are you doing? Want to do to change mm. as far as mortality rate, imprisonment rate, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, our case is, is no better mm. or no worse. You know, kids are still getting taken away. You know, still systemic racism and stereotype thinkers. Where you know, it's not it's not easy just for a black fellow to get up and try and get for go for a job. You know what I mean? It's, you got to be two, three times as good as anybody else just to get looking. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. So, so it's gonna be we're gonna have to fight until to be to be long gone. You know what I mean? And just leave that fight and that spirit with with the next generations to come. Mm. Next generations, they reckon that if you can make two thousand and fifty, you're gonna live forever. What do you mean? You're gonna live forever. <laughs> this is where they're saying, bro. Who's saying at the that? moment, who's saying that? Oh, David Sinclair. He's a he's a Harvard professor. Nah. So yeah, but they're, they're into reversing the aging and all that sort of stuff. Doesn't matter, bro. There's two things for sure: death and tax. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? 
That's what all I said there, wasn't and it? And, and even, even that, you know, Black Forest is our land. It's, they're making billions and billions and billions of dollars off our natural resources on our land, and we're still paying taxes and tolls. It's all bullshit, bro. Yeah. Like, that's got to change. Uh, I might even start to put my hand up and go in the parliament and start to make some changes for this, for the, for the, for the better. Why not? hundred. Maybe this is the next part of your life. Maybe later on, yeah, when I get a bit of time. What are you doing at the moment, bro? I'm doing Mundine Mindset. You go to mundinemindset.com, you get all the information there. It's basically motivational, inspirational, sad, happy story on my life and how I overcome adversities of what we're talking about and barriers what we're talking about and reach the successes nobody else has reached in the, in the history of sport, not in this country, not in that country, but in any country. A crossover athlete that was the best at one sport and then went to went to another in one of the hardest gladiator sports of all boxing it's not a game it's one of the hardest sports and and to win three world championships it's unheard of it's like taking lebron james or steph curry out of the nba saying no, i'm quitting the nba in his prime and then going down to boxing and winning three world titles like, mm. come on bro mm. like you dream of that stuff you mm. know what i mean Bro, who was the hardest fight you ever fought? Probably the, the best fighter, probably the hardest, was um, Mikel Kessler. Yeah, the big time fighter. Undefeated Danish warrior, man. He's a beast. But, mm. you know, remember, when I when I started fighting, I, I had to learn on the job. Like, I didn't have this pedigree, this eminent pedigree like they all did. When I fought Sven Oki, he had two, 300 eminent fights. 300 eminent fights, two, two Olympics, you know what I mean? When I fought him, he, was, he had 22 fights. In them 23 fights, he had 12 fights that were title defences. So he won the title early and then he had 12 title defences. I only had 10 fights. Then we fight, he beat, he knocked me out in the 10th. Right, this is after, this is, I'm fresh off 10 fights. Then recently in a, in a, in a Ring Magazine interview, if you, you look it up, Ring Magazine interview with Sven Otki, and then he, he he says who's the hardest fighter he's fought. He's got 10, get 10 categories. Fastest feet, best jab, best defense. Blah, blah. I was in seven, seven of them. Yeah? Seven. Who's the hardest fighter you ever fought? Mundine. That boy in Mundine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, when you get that, when you get that clarification from your, from your peers, can't no one beat that, man. Yeah. And then you had dudes back here jumping on tables because I lost. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the the hatred and the racism is depth is is deep down here. Yeah. You know what I mean? It so, is the deep south, eh? It's like the deep south, bro. It is worse than the deep south. Australia's like the deep south. Probably yeah. it's worse because we we're the, we're the traditional owners. We own this land. It's our yeah. it's our country. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? So them brothers over there, they don't own that that land. That's from the native Indians. Yeah. It's like walking in someone's house and standing over them. And That's what I'm saying, bro. You're cheeky, eh? I mean, cheeky. Got the cheek. Got the cheek to do it, man. Yeah. And stand like, on people's tables when you walk in their house. 100%, bro. Like, boss like, them around and yeah. say, you're sitting in that corner over there. You're yeah. not eating till yeah. I let let you eat. Yeah, exactly, exactly, bro. Like, That's what my frustration, that's what all my motivation, that's what my fueling, fueling, fueling that fire that ignited inside of me to to be to push even further and go even further. That's where it all comes from. You know what I mean? That's why I spoke out when I played rugby league mm. because I'd see them. They're not going to give. They're not giving me the the accolades that I deserve. When, when I was young, when I was coming through, and I started ripping up. Mm. So I said daily, 
He was only 26, poor fella. I said, he's, he's, run, he's running on old legs. And I was only 20. <laughs> but I was a new kid on the block, you know. Like, come on, I was ready. To, I, had my, I had that fight mentality. Brad Fittler, why pick him, I'll whip him. Let's go. Mm. You know what I mean? You know, I was a crazy cat. That's like the troll saying today, who's a Tom Dvojevic. I'm better than him. He's nothing. I'm the best. Yeah. That's, you know, but that's how I, I brought entertainment. I brought everything to that game. Mm. You know what I mean? And... You need characters. You need you need guys that can has that have charisma. Yeah. But not only that, my style of play. Oh my god, I was a beast. I know that. Yeah. You know what I mean, I mean, I, I was a fan of me. That's how good I was. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so many fans, but hey. Yeah. My dad and mum having a conversation one night, and just saying it's a pleasure to to be. Uh, watching your career and being on the journey with you. Yeah. Well, that's I, what, that's I what didn't I, understand. But that's that what I'm saying because the brothers and sisters can un, can relate to me. Yeah. Relate to my journey and what I was going through. Yeah. You know the, how how they seen the media um, portray me and and vilify me and yeah. and and me overcome all this. Yeah, I didn't understand. Even that. guys with that have mental health problems, <coughs> they, they drew strength just from what, watching me do what I do. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. I've so, people come up to me and said, "Mate, you saved my you saved my life. Yeah. You saved my life." I said, "What do you mean you saved your life?" He said, "Bruh, the resilience, your resilience, your your passion, your love, your your energy, your your want, your 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 success. It's like it's, it's very empowering, man. Very um very humbling as well at the same time. You were smashed by the media. Oh, as soon yeah. as you said something, and and Australia's main uh, media outlets. As soon as you said something, you can go back in all of the, the newspapers and that, and they just jumped on you. Oh, yeah. And they just turned you into whatever they wanted to do. Exactly. They manipulated what you said. Exactly, exactly. And it was that's like, like... That's like before I went to Germany, people were jumping on the table and that because it was a 9-11 thing, remember? Yeah. The 9-11, 9-11 just happened. Yeah. And like, I'm a real, I'm a real fella. I'm a real brother. I'm, I'm telling the truth. I'm not going to speak, speak lies. So Richard Wilkins would interview me on Today Show. Yeah. And he said, "Well, what do you what what are you what are your thoughts about the nine eleven incident?" I said, "Mate, look, it's unfortunate. Obviously, no no one should be dying, but America had it coming to them. Basically, that's what I said. That they had it coming to them in the sense that they go in other countries and kill and bomb and and pillage, you know, their people just for their natural resources and the power, get the power, mm. power grab, and then take over their lands." What they found, you think you're gonna, you're gonna come back to bite them? You know what I mean? Mm. That's what I was basically saying. Mm. And but they were they they turned out around to where I was for the killings. I'm like, bruh, I'm not, mate. We found him. Like you, you think I'm a freaking, you know, psychopath, a, a psychopath or something? You know what I mean? I said, mate, they turned it, that side took off to Germany early, three three weeks early, and then my dad told me, you got to run, you got to run, and you got to spar. I didn't spar every day for three weeks, and I didn't run. I'd done all this new, innovative rower, treddy, and all that, and weights, and uh, I kicked myself to this day, not listening to the dad, but you live and you learn, eh? Yeah, 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 the alpha, eh? They, yeah. They've got that knowledge, and they know yeah. what you got to do. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I remember your first, when your first, your first fight on the Central Coast and all us Newcastle mob, you know, uh, getting shirts made up oh. and we all come down there and watched you. Oh, I thought that Australian title, yeah. Yeah. Was it Bargero or was it your Bajero, first? Bajero, yeah. Your first ever fight and we all went my down first there. first ever Australian title. That was my fifth fight. Was it? Fifth fight. I had that big Aboriginal hat, remember? 
Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, we all went down and watched yeah. a big mob of us. There was busloads of us. That was mad, bro. Yeah. That was crazy down. night. But all your after parties were mad. Oh, <laughs> Where's your pee? Where's your pee? You know, in the centre. <laughs> Where's your pee running all after parties, eh? <laughs> he loved it. Yeah, he, he loved it. Are you a thought leader living on the leading edge? Take the talking stick email, at living on the leading edge.com. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Sing along now. Talk about your kids, bro. How many kids you got, bro? I got a few, man. They, they, they mean everything to me, man. I just want to raise good kids <coughs> with good ethics, uh, manners, and, and respect. Yeah. 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 Because I know your older kids, eh? CJ. Yeah, CJ, Jada. Jada. Malik, Anthony, yeah. Aisha. Yeah, and they're, they're very respectful. Yeah, they're very, very good. good kids. Yeah, they're very respectful. They, you raised them well. You raised them well, and their mother too. Yeah. You know? So, you know, just just got to keep keep that, keep it on, you know. And even following your footsteps? Uh, CJ's, he had a fight with the Sunny Bill card. He never fought before, but um, it was something random he wanted to do, wanted to try. But he's passionate about footy. He wants to try making footy. He's playing for the West Tigers 20s. Yeah. At the moment, he was trying to, you know, give footy a crack for a few years and try and break through the NRL. I said, I said, Dad, you know, you have to, you know, you have to be, you have to be on my footsteps. Like, go with what you, what you, what you feel, you know. Yeah. You know, many people try, but many people fail too. <laughs> try to mimic the man, you know what I mean? Yeah. But if it's gonna happen, it'll come from my prodigy. Yeah. It'll come from my bloodline. <laughs> 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 Because he's pretty talented, but I, he's I, talented. He's got talent, but um, he's been had a couple of injury worries. Got injured last year, and he's he was going deadly. He made the reserve grade team. He just dislocated his hip, then he's out for the season. So now he's he back. He got injured early, his knee, but he, he just he's a couple of games back in now. So starting with the the twenties. So see how we go. So what's Jada doing? Jada, she working with the youth. Um, three bridges as um. Like a youth program with Woody G, yeah. Woody G and the brothers. They they are based out Herselway in the local area near, near me. So yeah, yeah, they've done the first. Um, I mean, Day Jada was in charge of the first Indigenous Nadok Day. Went so deadly, man. She's proud of her leadership qualities. I wasn't here because I, I, I was supposed to be the week before, but all the rain, so they had to push it back a week. So I was I was up in the in the Grid Island doing the Monday mindset, yeah. and uh, everyone raved on about it and loved it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's good, eh? Yeah, so deadly. That's that leadership there, like like people who really need that sort of uh, yeah. days like that, eh? Yeah, hundred percent. And it, it makes you proud when when the young ones step up like that, eh? Yeah, yeah, it was deadly. But everyone knows like Jada on your on your that chest, chest and all that, yeah. fighting and all that days like that, eh? But everyone I was playing footy and we train one. I think in the I mean I don't know if it's grand final week or the week before. But um, I had the shirt off. I was playing. I was playing. I was passing, and when you see the big Jada tattoo, come famous from that. But yeah. I mean, so and then, then everyone started putting names on their chest. Like, yeah. <laughs> see, that's the love tribe. I'm the tribe playing with that, bro. I'm the that now. And it's funny, and then like me too, like with the tribe from yeah, now, tribes. from back in the day. Yeah. I think they must have been watching them old music videos. Yeah. And, and then all these young fellas start putting names on their arms. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's bro. Hey. Just different areas, eh, but it's good, bar because we're just making our mob being proud of who we are, eh, bar Yeah, exactly, bro. You know, and just uplift them and try and inspire them and, and motivate them to, to be the best they can be.
Yeah, 100%. What about Lil Ant? Yeah, Lil Ant, he's, he's doing well, man. He's, he's a beast, a beast. In basketball, eh? He's a beast basketball player. He's actually going to go to America to do his last year in high school there. He went over for three weeks, played a few games with the high school, have have summer leagues and that, and he, he connected well with the coach and, and the coaching staff, all the boys love him, and he's looking forward to going back, so... He created a bit of a buzz over there in the in Ohio in uh, Cincinnati. That's where he's going to be going to school. Oh yeah. So um, that's where LeBron James State, LeBron, LeBron James from that school. Not that school, but the same state, Ohio. He's from Akron, Akron, Ohio. A little little town like Dubbo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but this is Cincinnati. It's a big city. Yeah, he's going to go back and do his last year twelve over there create some buzz and then hopefully get some some offers from from some colleges he's always wanted to play yeah, basketball always, eh? ever since he's, ever since he, it was a gun football player gun when it was like seven eight he started ripping it up in footy like scoring four tries a game won the grand final with four tries he just beasted it but then he started he's part of playing basketball and just fell in love with it but you had that like your house and you had the basketball court out the yeah, back yeah I, I put the basketball court for him so he can practice and but every time we went over there, the, the kids are always out on the basketball courts. Yeah, and yeah. it was always like yeah. going to be like they were going to. Yeah, one of them was going to go that way, yeah. eh? But yeah, because yeah, Wes always spoke about him. Yeah, he said, "Bah, you got to watch the left, bah. Yeah, he's going to be. He's going to be the man. He's he, he's no, it. He, he can said, play. He can play. Yeah, he, he plays above his above his age. And he's you know he's been playing men since he was fourteen. So he's got, he's got that experience. Yeah. Yeah, but Wes spoke about him with footy, bro. Oh, so footy, yeah, was a gun, yeah, too. He's a beast, bro. Was he the same age as Chasey, isn't he? Chase. No, no. Well, Wes. Wes, he pee. Oh, little, Wes. little Wes, yeah. Because he just looks like an athlete. Yeah. Seen him on Instagram, yeah. and I thought, far out. No, he's solid. He hasn't even feel, I don't. I don't think he's even shot up yet. I don't think he's at his, his growth spurt. You know, he just turned 17, but he's still got a, a boy's body. Yeah. He hasn't got a man's body, so he hasn't even filled out and sort of shot up yet, I don't think. Yeah. Um, I'm just waiting for that. Yeah. If he gets to six two six three, it's game over. What if he gets higher? Than that? Taller than that, but I'm saying, you never know. But he's my height now. He's five eleven, mm. but he, he'll get. If he gets to six one, even six six one to six three, he's still a bit. He'd be a beast. Yeah. So just makes it so much easier. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. Ah, uh, you got a little one too. You got a youngest girl there too. Little girl. Yeah, Aisha. I should go, yeah. I haven't seen her for years. She's a gun. She's a gun netball right now. Is she? How old is she now? She's 13. Oh, man. She's a beast. She's tall, too. Is she? She's tall, Aisha Lee. Mm, man. Aisha, then that. Where's your mum going? Yeah, she's deadly, bro. She's, she, you know, mum, man, she's cruising. Yeah. She's just kicking back. Yeah. Enjoying life. She's always been that, um, yeah. Had your back all the way, eh, bro? Yeah, always, man. She's a, she's a backbone. She's the backbone <coughs> of the family. <coughs> Pretty much, you know. I remember, um, I don't know what fight it was. We went down there. Do you remember that fight? You lost by knockout or something, and everyone thought you was finished. I mean, what come down that day? Yeah. And then come down, and we was there, and just kicking back, and she was, we were, I don't know, we were just, everyone thought that it was you, you were finished. And what was that? Might have been um, at your house. We come down. Maybe the horn fight. Might have been. No, no, it was before that. You know, because you've know, been counting off about four or five times. Yeah, you, easy, bro. Then I come back and a bit of young, undefeated Russian. What's his name? Repchenko. Yeah. Won the, the interim WBC belt. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? But who was the fellow? I think it might have been before that fight, and you got beaten. But you come back after and then won that. 
Cloddy. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah. Everyone wrote you off. Then you had to build yourself back up again. Yeah, you? build it back up and then get my opportunity again. But you gotta, people got to understand, I was learning on the job. I never had a pedigree of 300 fights, amateur fights. I had four fights out of amateur, four. Mm. Mm. Boxing was a part-time gig for me, yeah. really. You know what I mean? I had to learn on the job. I had to learn as I went on. And I was I was fighting guys that were world-rated world after four fights. Ian McLeod, Jeff Phoenix boy, they kept um, ambushing me when I go on when I when I have go on Fox Sports or, or any media things I would do. They'd ambush me because they they won't get no attention. They've been boxing their whole life, but because of this young, flashy, flamboyant, charismatic, pretty boy comes on the scene, taking all the limelight. They want they want some of that. So Brett will fight my guy. Fight my all right. Just give me some time, mate. I only have one fight, mate. Relax. <coughs> Give me some time, you know what I mean? Mm. So then, uh, you know, three, four fights in, I said, well, bring him on, line him up. Now, now line him up for me. Okay, I want to pump him, I want to pump him. I was had that hunger, had that that eye of the tiger that you need. I had that eye of the tiger. Mm. And I went out there and busted him, dropped him, cut him, just hurt him bad mm. and stopped him in the ninth. Mm. And then, then I started this, I earned that respect. So what? What the difference between like your footy training compared to your boxing training? Your body changed. Oh, my I, my body took years. My body took years to change because I was a, I was doing weights and you know footy you had to be strong. You know you're up against 110, 120 kilo guys running at you. You have to try and hold your own and do a lot of wrestling and strength work so, so uh, you know but over time uh, my body took my body took about 10 years to change to a fighter's physique you know what i mean mm. so it took a long time i was fighting super middleweight for about 10 years then i went down to middleweight then i went even lower to junior super welterweight you know if i started boxing i probably would have started as super welter went up to middle super middle light heavy i would have been up anyway i went down I won title super middle, middle and super welter. First fight I'd ever do it. That's another thing I've, that's never been done that I've done. Winning titles in descending order. I'm a bad boy, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> so you said Ian McLeod and yeah. Jeff Phoenix boy. Like what was, because Jeff Phoenix seemed to have. Oh, Jeff Phoenix is just a mad hater, bruh. Because Jeff Phoenix thinks, you know, he's the greatest fighter ever come out of Australia, which is, I don't agree with. I think Lionel, Ra Lionel Rose is 100%. Lionel Rose would have run rings around Jeff Phoenix. You know what I mean? Mm. It wouldn't 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 have wouldn't have been able to touch Lionel, mm. but you know because of the media and what, the influence they have to the masses, you know they make that he's the greatest Australian of all time. He's not even he's not even in my top five ten. Mm. You know what I mean? But it is what it is. Who's your top five? Well, Australian. Mm. Definitely number one, Lionel Rose. Lionel Rose. My dad's in the definitely top two or three. Tony Mundine. There's so many. Dave Sands was another. Was great fighters back in the day. Mm. Johnny Famishon. Mm. Oh, there's, there's a few good, good fighters. Yeah. Would you put our Uncle Hector up there too? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Hector was another beast. Yeah. I mean, Hector Thompson. That's mine. The whole Danny Green thing, bar. Yeah. Like, was that pushed on because no, of Jeff Fennick? Yeah, was Jeff, that Jeff, Jeff Fennick definitely started it. I'm happy he did because that was the biggest rivalry in Australian sport in the last three decades sort of thing, you know what I mean? Maybe mm. more. Mm. But the media perceived that they knew what it was, you know. He he represented the system. I was against the system. 
So pretty much black and white. You know mm. what I mean? Mm. He's, I'm repping the black fellas. He's repping the 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 gubbers. You know what I mean? Like, and let's see who's the best, basically. Mm. And um, he was a hard hitting, strong, talented fighter that they had big sort of um, plans with. And um, I was a young, cocky, <coughs> brash, flamboyant, charismatic, explosive athlete. That um, that's why that fight was so big because it was a race, race, race war, mm. and um, yeah, it'll never get beaten. I don't think. Yeah, it was huge, eh? Yeah, that first fight was massive. Yeah, was that SCG? No, nah, is that um <coughs> Sydney Football Stadium? <coughs> Sydney Football Stadium, massive. It was sold out, eh? How many people? No, nah, it would have been about forty thousand. Forty thousand. Forty thousand, right? You beat him in the what round was it? No, nah, nah, it was. Unanimous points decision. Unanimous I points. pumped him every round, pretty much. Yeah. I won 11, he probably won one. Yeah. 11 1. Yeah. Did he like, ever want to fight you again after that? Or no, we had a fight, we had a second fight in, 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 oh, that's right. in uh, Adelaide. Yeah. I won that fight too, but they gave it to him. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But that fight, he didn't want to fight. He just wanted to, he wanted to grapple. He wanted to gra- hit, hold, hit, hold, hit, hold. You want to fight? Like, fight me. You want to fight? You know, don't be holding me. Yeah. Let's fight. Let's work on inside. Let's show our skills. But yeah. I just want to hold and grab, hit and hold, hit and hold. And I still beat him, but they give it to him. You know, yeah. a majority like close points is in. Yeah. But he knows it. The people know it. The front, the front pages and the back pages of the paper set saying I got robbed, and that's 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 their media. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? So you know. You yeah. know that the man won it. Yeah. Where's he P? Heard from him lately? Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was speak to him every now and then. He brings me support, but he's, he's locked up at the moment. Yeah. But I'm working on getting him out with 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 an appeal. So good willing, I'll see the brother soon, and he'll be back trying to do everything he, he can do because he's visions, you know what I mean? Visions. <laughs> <laughs> What are you thinking about the, this, this new generation of boxers in Australia? I think there's I think there's some good talent, bro. Very good talent. I think Timmy Zoo's good, but I just don't think he's on Charlo's level right now. Yeah. Younger, younger brother. I like his younger brother. He's a lefty, power got power both hands, yeah. but he's never really been tested. So it's just a just a waiting game for them, uh, for him. There's some good talent in Australia. You know, young Georgie Campos, a few good boys. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a fan as as fan as well as boxing. I'm I'm not just used to used to fight, former fight, but I'm a fan of boxing. I like I love it. Yeah, and I, I so I keep an eye on it as well. What do you think about the heavyweights at the moment? Heavyweights, yeah, it's not too bad. <laughs> I think Usyk made it interesting, brought a bit another good skillful sort of big guy to the division. He's yeah. only a you know, blown up sort of cruiserweight, but he, he he's big enough to 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 mix it with the with the big boys. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously he's Joshua. Um, hope hope uh, Deontay Wilder like, comes back with the vengeance and you know works on his his craft and you know, he gets better. Yeah. Tyson Fury is apparently retired, but he'll come back and have exhibitions or whatever. Yeah, and I'm, I might even come back and have a few exhibitions and see what happens. You know. I still feel good. Stay, keep me, reason for me to stay fit. 
yeah. but, ha- but have fun you know have yeah. fun and enjoy it yeah no well, um, Floyd Mayweather's doing yeah, it yeah Floyd's mate. doing it but I, I train anyway you know what I mean but I'm not going to be I'm not going to come back and be a professional I'm not going to be like a pro so I'll just come back have fun enjoy it and I know I know I still got the skills to pay the bills that's no problem yeah. the skills always are there but uh, and plus I'm healthy when I'm healthy in the meaning I'm not I'm not weight uh, weight drained I'm not I still got my resistance I can take a good shot you know what I mean where when I'm losing weight and cutting weight and losing like 5-6 kilos in, in 2 days that's when that's when you, you, your so body is hard your, resist, your resistance go a bit yeah you can't yeah. really take a good shot what happened with George you reckon in Melbourne you just got out of class to be honest you got out of class Devin Haney's a master boxer um, beautiful jab Beautiful feet, beautiful defense. Mm. Just got got our class on all levels. And if he's he was looking to have that rematch and you know assert his rematch, then he he's got to change his game plan. Yeah, yeah. It's it's in the contract too, isn't it? Apparently, yeah. What about the boys? They're going pretty good, eh? No limit, boys. Yeah, oh, they're going deadly, man. I I love the brothers. You know, I'm close with Trenny and and um, Maddie. Georgie, I haven't really got spent much time with, but. No, I love the brothers. You know, we're, we're, we're a good man, and I really, as 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 being a blackfellow, I'm proud of them being on the stage they are and doing what they're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I support black black businesses. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. black like entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs. Yeah. and like your brothers. This one of the one of them men. You yeah. know what I mean? He's got a lot to do with um with Maddie and and what they do, and he's always been business minded. Walk, you know. Yeah. Uh, I love that brother too. Yeah. And um, you know, nothing but praise to the brothers and just keep going mate keep going the, you're gonna get a lot of haters you're gonna get a lot of people that talk shit but they just do what you do just yeah. keep doing what you're doing you know what I mean but just being that example the boys are hey like and, and for the next generation to go you know what our yeah. people aren't just in the ring fighting yeah, they're, they're actually organised they're, 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 they're the businessmen <coughs> they're, 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 they're the ones putting it together you know what I mean yeah so uh, mate I tell Matty all the time when I see him I'm proud of him yeah. Because I'm 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 honestly am you know what I mean it's uh to see what two young boys I mean three young brothers from from a country town Bathurst yeah. to come and and do what they're doing mate praise God like yeah you know, you know, it's great to see yeah coming from that um, the community life and like uh, the land rights movement like their yeah. pop and their dad and all that and. We all come from that movement of, of we know the struggle and we all our families have all been a part of it and that next generation we're creating that generational wealth for our families. Yeah, that's that's what that's what it's about. It's about the kids. I mean, you don't you don't take your money with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't take your don't you don't take your success with you. Yeah. Take nothing but your your body that rots over time. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But you can pass those um, you pass those, those tools on. Those tools on. That's what it's about as mental tools to actually win um i suppose the blueprint really isn't it for exactly. success so what else is new what else is going on in your world bro no my brother just um, you've always got something going I'm on i'm doing like i do the, the mindset the monday mindset i do a lot of that didn't you have a like a stop go company going or something no, i got a, I got a M- mgm monday and Gosh management construction company that uh pretty much covers from a to z mostly office fit outs you know hoarding things like that so we we we've met a lot lot with the t1s and things like that and we get government jobs because you know the procurement you know engage with aboriginal businesses and things 
So we do, we do a bit of that. And I got the disability service with my sister, Miban. Oh, yeah. Miban. M-I-B-A-Y-N. Miban. Yeah, service disability through NDIS. NDIS. Yeah. That's mad. Yeah, and I do the mindset stuff. And I live like a boss, bro. I do what I want. Yeah, yeah that's right, bro. And that's, I've, I've earned that, that right. So Alpha, bro. Alpha, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 so what did you do? Like, you... you like you hear the uh, the stories of of old boxers and they've got nothing. They were drunk. And, nah, well, yeah. I, I was very <coughs> lucky. Up with your money and all that. You obviously made money over the years. Oh, uh, thirty five million. Thirty five mil. Alhamdulillah. Right, thank God. Obviously, you gotta pay tax. Blah blah blah. I probably would have worked away with maybe twenty mil, twenty mil. But you know, I gave a lot of that to my family, friends. Take take say five mil. I still got fifteen, and I and I got about fifteen mil worth of assets. So I'm asset rich, but I'm cash poor. <laughs> <laughs> that's bad, bro. But that's mad. Yeah, that's, that's, inflation's going yeah, up. That's what it? I'm saying, bro. Yeah. Keep popping them up, baby. Keep popping them up. <laughs> <laughs> COVID, you done well out of COVID, then. Your yeah, houses would all went up. You know, they went, they went up good, but they, they want to take everything from us soon. You know, I mean, they, they want to. They want to. They say their their phrase is, "Own nothing and be happy." This is World Economic Forum with Klaus Schwab and all that. Mm. You know what I mean? We can't let that. It's our, it's our land. It's our baby. You know what I mean? Yeah. We've got to fight as much as we can. And that's what I want to continue to fight inside and outside the ring. You obviously got that mindset too. You want to keep making money and doing uh, yeah. what you want to do. As, you know Blackfellas, but money's not everything. Like, Blackfellas with money, it's a love-hate relationship with Blackfellas. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's a necessity for this, for this Western sort of world that we live you know, pay rent, get, get the nice things, eat nice, things like that. So it's a necessity, but, you know, you keep working hard and, and chasing your dreams, money will always come. So when I started my career, I didn't think of worry about the money. I just wanted success. Yeah. So focus on success. The money will always come. That's a mad, that's a mad little blessing there that you've gave, gave everyone listening. Yeah. So true. 100%. So true. 100%. Well, you know what, bro? I'm not going to hold you up anymore. You're sick of me. You're sick of me. I'm not, si- <laughs> I'm not sick of you, bro. I'm not sick of you. We can speak all night, baby. I know. know what I'm saying? And I'm going to get you back. Oh, we ain't got the campfire area. We need the campfire, bro. We're just going to the fire area. We'll ourselves up around a campfire. Yeah. But thanks so much, bro. Nah, pleasure, brother. Pleasure. Love, you, know, love you, bro. And no, I love you, my brother. And I'm always, always here for you, man. And um, yeah, it was a blessing coming on your country today and speak to you, my Thank you so much, bro. Thanks for coming. Pleasure, my brother. The, the man, the man. The man. The, the one and the only. That's why I play for the Dragons because you know why I play for the Dragons? You know why I play for the Dragons? Why? Why? Never before, <coughs> never again. Hey? <laughs> Dragon. <laughs> no, you know, the Dragons are saying, never before, never again when they won, when, when they won 11 straight. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. That's yeah. why I say, I'm saying that's why I play for the Dragons. Because I'm never before, never again. And there'll be one before me, never even one after me. Well, what do your boys say about that? Well, then, he's, got to, he's still great. I'm waiting for him to do it. <laughs> he's still going to do it. <laughs> no, I'm sure they'll tell us like that. I can do that. Oh, we're trouble. Let's do it. You can talk about it all you want. I've got to run on the board. What they got? You know what I mean? <laughs> so true. Thanks so much. Thanks, man. We're shooting for the stars, living in the sky well, leave a five-star review for living on the leading edge, living on the leading edge, wherever you listen.
the leading edge, uh-huh, uh-huh. 